Hey everyone, welcome to the Airline Podcast Series, sponsored by Fetcher. Today I've got Andre Americo uh, on the show. Andre is the Director of Network and Strategic Planning, Revenue Management and Alliances of Azul, one of the biggest, if not the biggest and largest, Brazilian carrier. He has over 15 years of experience in the aviation industry and has held various leadership positions at Azul and other airlines as well. In his current role, Andre is responsible for developing and executing Azul's network strategy, revenue management, and their alliances. He's also a member of the Azul's executive team. And in this interview, we're going to talk about how AI is taking aviation to the next level. Andre, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Enrique, for the invitation. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys discussing a little bit more about airline, AI, and new technologies. Amazing. So just for, for our audience, just so they understand and get some background, can you talk a little bit about your role in Azul and how you got to this role? Sure. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I already have more than 15 years in the airline industry. My, my background, uh, I studied economics and uh, had a master's in econometrics and quantitative methods. And uh, that kind of led me into the curiosity of uh, exploring, exploring new technologies, new stuff, and new science. Um, I have been working in Azul for more than 10 years already, uh, switching roles between uh, revenue and planning. And now I'm in charge of both, both departments, both revenue and planning, which help us a lot in um, synchronizing and uh, taking the best out of both worlds while, while managing two big teams. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it sounds like quite a journey and, and, and that you took every single stepping stone until this position. Um, and, you know, the, the aviation industry is going through major innovations right now, especially with AI, AI. We're hearing AI, you know, in every single vertical, in every single single field, in every single field in tech and in traditional industries. Um, and the airline, in the, in the airline industry, the aviation industry is a very traditional industry. Um, and... I'm just wondering, you know, in your opinion, what are some of the greatest challenges that are that you know the airlines industry is currently facing? Okay, yeah. So I think uh, many of the systems uh, processes we use, many of them are still dated back from from the '90s, uh, and we we have recently been trying to push those boundaries a little bit further as we explore new technologies, new ways of doing things. Uh, experimenting new processes. Uh, I think the industry as a whole is also evolving in terms of, of technologies. And uh, we have been seeing many gains, not only in the revenue planning field, but also in our operations. Uh, we recently have been uh, awarded the, the num number one in OTP in the world rank. And uh, that's also thanks to new technologies, new new ways and new approaches on uh, old problems. So yeah, of course, the airline industry is evolving a lot, but uh, there's, a, there's a huge legacy and heirloom we have to, we have to adapt to uh, why we try to make the, those changes and move on to new, to new stuff. You know, you guys, if you read the news, if, if you're, you read Focuswire or Simple Flying or all the other major publications in the space, Everyone is praising Azul. You guys are doing a good job. You guys have been one of the first to adapt AI technologies. You guys have been the first. In such a traditional industry, it's not always that easy to be the first to go out and do it, right? 
Um, how do you think the adaption of those AI technologies can help improve the airline industries as a whole? And how did it help you guys? Yeah, it helped us, uh, I think, primarily into expanding the, our approach to the, to the revenue problem. So I think uh, every, every airline in the world has, uh, has, has systems to manage their, their revenue, their inventories in an algorithm um, old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason we wanted to try and explore new technologies was to learn something different and uh, to learn how, how this problem could be tackled in a different way. So I think the biggest, the, the biggest gain here was not only the, the management, the, the new kind of, of management and science that was being done behind the scenes, but also the, the, all the learning that we got from this process. So how, 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 can we, how can we see things from a different angle, including more variables, more perspective in the data, and uh, how that leads us to better decisions. Mm -hmm. So I, I, what I'm sensing is there's also, um, you know, the perspective of having better insights, better, you know, better ways to, to look at it in an analytic way. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, with with Fetcher, for example, we 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 use more variables than any other uh, traditional RM system uses. Uh, and actually, we we are always we are always trying to push um, new variables into the the, the con context of optimization, so that we can learn new stuff. Of course, yeah, um, many of them are like trial and error. Sometimes we think there's a good correlation with a uh, something we think it does, and in the end, it does not. So that's part of the learning processes and learning what actually impacts uh, demand and bookings and revenue and uh, how can we how can we adapt to that new environment so i think being able to adapt to new circumstances uh, is also uh, as you said it's also in the dna of azus from from the from the very beginning and uh, it's not different it's not different when we approach the the revenue optimization problem as well i, I I, I, I love it. I love it. And I tell you why I love it. You know, there's a there's a big critics on legacy solutions or on legacy um, industries as a, as a whole. We're talking about maybe the financial industry that was about 10, 15 years ago. Obviously, the aviation industry, the travel industry. There's been a lot of critics that, you know, legacy solutions are not data driven. They're, they don't. They, they're not making uh, d decisions based on data, on re on real data. It's only about hunches or or thoughts or hypotheses, um, you know, old strategies. And you know, and I, I'm just wondering how, in terms of you know, data, how how data driven are you guys today compared to how you guys were six, seven years ago? Okay. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, uh, the, the, the traditional systems are not data-driven because they ingest uh, thousands of data and, uh, and historical. They know, they know all the major trends. But I think, um, I think the, the, the big leap here is that the current models that uh, are, are in use and uh, that brought us here, that brought the industry as a whole uh, here, they are they are good. They are statistically correct, but they are they they cannot see or create a deep understanding of uh, what's going on and uh, and all the association between different data points and different variables. 
I think that's where the big gain is, is once we put more, more context in our analysis and once we can, we can link more dots among uh, different variables, I think that's where the, the real value is. But uh, the traditional systems got, a, got, a, got, got the whole industry to be uh, where they are uh, and it has been evolving as well. But um, we thought a, a different approach would be would be adequate right now, as we are looking into expanding our our ways of doing analysis and of. Uh, I always mention that because it, I think it's really the core and create new understandings of the data uh, that we currently have. All the airlines have massive amounts of data, and uh, I think just like our brains, we don't use 100% of what we got. Uh, and I think the AI and, and, and big data leap in technology is going to allow us to use and actually learn more from that, uh, from that same data. Do you feel like uh, COVID-19, the crisis, the pandemic, was a tipping point in making this transitional into more data-driven insights, into bringing in AI, into innovating? Yes, uh, I think, uh, of course, it helped a lot because... Uh, we had we had our, our operations uh, cut by almost 95% in total number of departures. And uh, as our operation was small, we didn't have the need for robustness or, or scale because what we were managing was actually very small. And it gave us time to readapt and to rescale everything uh, for our future needs. So what COVID bought from us, uh, took away from us was time. And in the meantime, we were preparing to come up uh, stronger and bigger than, than we were uh, back in 2019. So if we compare our size to 2019, we are already uh, more than 30% bigger number of departures. Wow. Right now we are at 900 departures a day. And uh, that was only possible because back then, when we were, when we were shrinking because of COVID, we were also preparing to rebound uh, a couple of years later. That is amazing. And kudos to you guys. You guys have been, you know, one of the first, as mentioned previously, to actually adopt new technologies, to actually think, you know, to think into the future and take risks. And you guys are definitely ripping the rewards out of those risks that you guys took while everyone else, other airlines weren't doing anything, weren't weren't thinking even about, you know, implementing new technologies at that time. And, you know, this kind of takes me to the next question. You know, obviously you guys did a phenomenal job with this, but do you think that any, other, any you know, other airlines, even competitors, do you think they can go, you know, through the same AI tech revolution as you guys did? You know, does it require a certain or, or organizational character? Maybe, you know, maybe other airlines don't have an Andre, right? They don't have someone like you who, who who's so forward thinking and kind of wants to think about the future and already act upon it. Um, do you think other airlines can, can adapt as well? Do you think they have the resources to, the character to do so? Yeah, uh, I always assume my competitors are at least as smart as I am or even smarter. Uh, we cannot assume uh, or be arrogant in any in any in 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 any game that that we play because there are there are also very smart people on on, on a, in working for our competitors. So I think uh, what what it takes to to actually do this move is like um, it's not it's not only a, a matter of choosing new technologies and uh, making the option to use it or not but it also involves a lot of culture and change management. 
So once you move from a, a from a no technology to a new technology, uh, things are going to be done differently. The teams will have to learn uh, new ways of doing things, new ways of thinking, and uh, I think that's that's actually the hardest part. It's not a I think the, making the choice of, of trying new stuff is, is the easiest uh, is the easiest part of it. I think the hardest part is all the change man management that's involved because uh, you lose some in one hand you lose some of the of the control you thought you have because you are so used on, on measuring stuff the way you always did. But on the other hand, uh, you have to learn also from from the new system how how is it working what is it is it taking to account in its decision making so that we are we all learn how to influence it, it better and uh that's why change management is, is so important you know obviously fetcher um played a big part in in kind of this whole ai innovation in in this industry um what do you think is the difference between fetcher and maybe other current solutions that are out there i think the main difference it's uh, it's um it's conceptual. I think it moved it moved away from from the whole uh, from from. I, I, I'm not just I'm not going to call it simple, but it's it moved away from just getting historical data and making predictions from those from those sets of data, but also on contextualizing uh, the variables among themselves. So I'll give you I'll, I'll throw you some some examples. We always, uh, we had an internal joke that uh, traffic is correlated to the demand we see in uh, airline industry. Mm. And uh, once we had Thatcher in place and the, the, the pilot was, was working fine, we said, okay, why not? Let's test adding new variables and uh, let Thatcher decide if that makes sense for predictions or not. I don't have to give an answer. So we tried a bunch of them, like uh, we thought of putting traffic data we thought of putting the, our website searches and uh, and uh, looks and books, conversion rates, and uh, I think that's that's how we can we can push also Fetcher model to evolve uh, with us. Hmm. It sounds like Fetcher is some sort of crystal ball where you can see the future. <laughs> yes, I think uh, I think it's I think that they would like to be called like that and. Uh, I think it, it has it has allowed us to make a good forecast for 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 the future and see things uh, in a different from a different perspective. So right now we typically look at uh, we 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 are very used to look at bookings data, uh, compare year make year over year or month over month comparisons, and uh, now we are trying to move away a little bit from that and and. Uh, seeing what other things can impact the, the actual demand for air travel. You know, implementing new technologies is not easy. Um, what were some of the technical, you know, challenges that you guys were facing when you guys implemented a new AI system? I think the number one is because uh, because our platforms are so... We, we, have, uh, we have more than 15 years of existence. So we have a, a we have ways of doing things that we had to move a, a, away a little bit uh, in terms of um, of uh, infrastructure, IT infrastructure especially, and also how we treat data and how we handle data. 
uh, I think that was a, a, a big hurdle in the in the beginning. We had we had to overcome because um, typically we were doing like uh, inventory updates once or or twice a day, and we know Fetcher can handle way more than that. The way we're not doing it yet is because we are not prepared. So we are trying to do that to be prepared to get prepared, also to be able to hand the the full the full firing power that the Fetcher can allow us. Hmm. Like uh, we can we can we can we can price point uh, markets and flights uh, several times a day, and uh, that's different from what we had. Therefore, we did not have the capacity or the infrastructure needed for it. And uh, that's something we are working on. How how do we how do we reach the same the same capabilities to do those those moves and those changes in a more frequent frequent and uh, and granular way? Hmm. I really hope that this technology really continues to help you guys go to the next level and the whole team, and and really get get even more even more crystal clear on on those data insights and how they can uh, you know impact every single step of the business. Um, you know, I want to move to another question, and this is kind of like a curveball question. So I'm really interested to hear what's your take on that. Super interested. Um, customers, okay, they might be worried that you know adapting AI technologies, you know, will cause airlines, you know, on one hand to enjoy the revenue uplift, while you know them, the customers themselves, have having, you know, to spend more. You know, so my question to you is this, you know, how would the prices and the customers be affected by the abilities of an AI-based demand prediction and prices system? And will it benefit both sides of the coin? Yeah, ultimately, everything we do is uh, to favor our customers. Uh, the, the point here is not like uh, we're not taking advantage from customers, but we are we are trying to manage so that every customer has a more suitable offer for what he's looking at and uh, so that everybody that that has different needs pays for what he gets so if they if the if the customer doesn't need to travel uh with a bag he should not be paying for the bag if he's if he's buying early enough he should get a good deal and uh, if we can the more granularly we can make this um the better the better offer we have and in the end all the customers are benefited and also Azuis. so it's a win-win situation from my point of view and uh the customer behavior is also changing more than 70 percent of our of our customers don't don't go through a check-in as they did like 10 years ago five years ago um there's also a lot of as as the as the customer behavior changes, uh, some other things the airlines can provide become more valuable. So having having Wi-Fi, live TV on board, uh, free snacks at your choice, also as as not as a complimentary service, also also helps in 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 that sense. So we are we are providing and giving value to the customer, uh, and we are trying to make it as Tailor made as we can uh, for each customer. So don't worry, the <laughs> the, the the every customer is going to have a good deal uh, for them, and uh, I don't see this as bad for an industry. I uh, totally in the opposite direction. I see it as a good as a good uh, as a good opportunity, so that people do who were not flying will be able to to be flying 
And uh, that's where all the incremental revenue should be coming from, uh, as it always did from from our from our network conception and our uh, revenue strategy. Love it. Yeah. And we're seeing every every single traditional industry out there, every single traditional legacy industry really taking that leap. That's the next step of evolution. And I really think that customers, like you said, are going to benefit for it, both on, you know, getting more personalized experiences, the granularity that you talked about that you mentioned as well. Uh, a more streamlined and less and less friction, which is what every you know every customer, every client wants eventually. Um, how do you think you know AI will evolve in the industry in the next future? You know what kind of benefits can it provide to other departments? You know rather than only in pricing and revenue management. We have been using AI already, uh, not only in the revenue context but also in, in operation, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and uh, that's one of one of the usages uh, we, we can do, but it, it has already been used uh, by Azul for boarding people more efficiently, uh, for, for boarding the aircraft, sequencing the passengers in a different way so that the boarding becomes more, more uh, shorter and more efficient. Uh, we have cameras uh, recording our aircraft and on, on the ground, uh, spotting and timing each one of the movements, like fueling, uh, loading luggage and, and catering, uh, boarding and boarding, so that we can we can time and we can spot how how and where we are losing time, so that we can make our, our operations more efficient. And uh, all this data collection is being done by AI, AI cameras, for example, uh, and that will provide us a lot of data to, to work with and hopefully also a lot more insights on the operations. But I think eventually um, many other areas could be benefit. I, I, I mean, the, the, the crew scheduling problem is a, it's an incredibly complex problem to be solved. We have some optimizers in place uh, already working, but uh, I think there's another generation of, uh, of, of optimization that can be done using AI. Uh, we have... Uh, even marketing, you can you can offer you can you can base your investments, marketing investments, based on based on AI as you as you get to understand better the the market dynamics and uh, the 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 ratio of investment and reward you get based on 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 every every penny you invest in in marketing. So I I mean I mean the usage is virtually infinite, and uh, I think many different departments can benefit from that. You know, travel is seeing such a huge, you know, uh, resurgence, you know, right now, right? You know, how are airlines, you know, taking advantage of the high demand? And how is Azul taking advantage of this high demand? We did see some very promising articles in, uh, you know, Simple Flying about those those massive numbers compared to 2022. Yeah, so uh, from... From, from design, our strategy has always been to provide the most comprehensive network in, in Brazil. Uh, and and uh, we are serving more, des more destinations than uh, anybody else in, in, in the country. And uh, that's, that's allowing the growth of the industry and also of our customers' portfolio. If you take the last 10 years of industry growth, uh, half of that growth was done by Azul. And uh, it was done by creating new markets, uh, bringing new customers to the to the air travel uh, industry, and um, not only on the domestic side but also on the international. 
We are also expanding our international network so that we can provide service uh, not only from the big main cities, but also from our secondary hubs. So I think um, right now we serve we serve uh, international markets from five of our of our different hubs, and that's that's bigger than any other airline in in, in Brazil is doing right now. I think that shows that gives you a sense of how how we create and develop our our own demand and how we focus in our competitive advantage, which are our comprehensive network and uh, our our strategy. That's amazing. In general, where do you see the aviation industry in 10 to 15 years? Yeah, I think there we still have uh, a lot to be done. Uh, although Brazil has now service to 160 cities, uh, our our original business plan for for this year contemplated 200 of them, and uh, they will be served eventually. And uh, we think not only expanding, but also uh, connecting more dots internally, connecting more cities directly, uh, avoiding the stops and improving service to our customers. I think that's that's one big move that's constantly happening and will continue to happen in the in the future. And uh, I think one one big uh, one big major leap is the adoption of new aircraft technologies. So right now we have more than 80% of the of the of the ASKs, which is the industry measure for supply, uh, are being flown by new generation and fuel efficient aircraft. That's that's more than any other airline in in Brazil. So I think the 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 trend continues toward flying flying more, providing more service, better service, and more efficiently. I think that's what all the all the airlines are are trying right now and uh i think that's that's the plan for most of them amazing love it andrea merico thank you so much for being on the show and taking the time you guys are doing an exceptional work and and, and you specifically you know you, the way you're handling and the way you're uh, forward thinking and taking you know the company to the next level that's uh that's definitely something to be proud of thanks thanks Henry. thanks for inviting us to to join you today uh, and uh, looking forward to the next industry steps to exploring more the new technologies and uh, making making all those leaps in the aviation industry. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you, Andre. Thank you so much.